0: This is a Soulfire production. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Connor Wanders. It's another Wandering Wednesday. Just out here trying to do what we can to make this motherfucking world a better place. Oh, man. It's been a weird week a little bit of a weird week. But we got some fun stuff today. We're going to have a good time today. I really feel like it. I, I feel like there may be a, a a a few less heated rants. Maybe some more, I don't know, topically benign rants. But it's been weird, man. I mean, what we're seeing here, and we're going to get into this later on in the show when we when we start talking about uh something to think about, you know what I mean? Um is we have this weird situation where like People on both sides, finally, right? People on both sides of the political spectrum are getting fed up. We've got, you know, and I consider myself left leaning and I feel like I have a pretty decent pulse of what's going on on the left. And, you know, some of it is ridiculous and just like on the right. but But what we're looking at here is the left starting to really push back against lockdown orders. Now, I don't think they do it the same way. I don't do it the same way as a lot of my friends do Um, when they, when they talk about, you know, stop the steal and stuff. I have some pretty out there friends, right? That uh, they they dabble, they, they they dip their toe in the QAnon pond, right? That there's some, there's some shit there that I'm not, honestly, not proud of And I watched some of my, some of my, some of my good friends, um, particularly back in Austin, Texas. And I'm like, what in the fuck are you guys doing over there? Like what happened there? Um, it looks like I I got out of Austin, Texas right as everybody else moved in, but also right as the goddamn conspiracy theory wheels wh- fell off. And it's been it's been weird to watch. It's a weird thing to see. It's a weird thing to watch your friends get so passionate about politics, seemingly out of nowhere. And these are people that you've drank ayahuasca with before. So it's like a, it's a strange it's a strange strange situation we find ourselves in. But I think that there has become this 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 Growing disconsent and just growing dissatisfaction with the way that things have been handled. And it's you can criticize it from many different directions, but it's 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 fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. And I feel like we're headed towards this in this direction of of general non-compliance, right? It's like, you know what, you guys are clearly full of shit. No one shot us straight from the beginning we're just going to do what we want to do and we're just going to roll the dice. And I honestly feel like that's the best plan, but I don't want to get too far into that because that is the end of the show and the state of things and full disclosure, I might've smoked a little weed before that happens because we have a segment on the show about legalization of marijuana. The first COVID vaccine wave, the wave of COVID vaccines started in the UK this week with a 91 year old lady. She was very excited about it and very proud to be the first person to be given the Pfizer covid so we'll see in the next few days if she explodes uh turns into powder like thanos snapped like we're we're gonna see what's happening here i think what we're looking for is that all of the marvel movies the infinity war movies were all predictive programming and that the vaccine will literally turn people into powder and we may have to figure out some time travel shit like we'll just we'll see but i think that could have all been just predictive programming and everyone, half, half half of the population that takes the vaccine is just going to turn into dust. Literally. Bill Gates is Thanos. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. But uh, I mean, you know, I think it's, I'm excited. I'm honestly excited for the vaccine, not because I'm going to take it, because I am most certainly not going to take it. Uh, but I'm excited that it may calm people the fuck down. Everybody who's freaking out can, can do their thing, can do their thing. But before we get into the state of things, I got a few people I got to thank, the new Patreon's. Members, Allison, Brett, and Erica. Thank you guys so much for joining the Patreon community. And if you're curious about the Patreon community, make sure to go over to the link in the show notes of this show. Join right now. If you're if you're hearing this show as it's coming out, you can get into the highest level tier at four fifty. So we're gonna change in January first, going to a five dollar and a ten dollar tier. But we have a 450 tier. It's the OG tier, okay, because I didn't really didn't know what I was doing when I set that thing up, and to be honest, I have a pretty good idea now, but I was like, let me just get people in this thing, and let's see how it works, see if this is even going to be worth my time, and I feel that it very much is. It very much is, and I'm tired of giving shit away for free, to be honest with you, okay? We've do this. we been doing this podcast thing for half a goddamn decade, and I'm like, you know what? Let's do something where we at least give people the possibility to pay us for this shit, so, Alice and Brett and Erica have the right idea along with everybody else in the Patreon community. I would love to have you join. Here's what's going to happen you're going to get a bonus episode every week in 2021. I've already started those now, but going into the holidays, stuff is going to get inconsistent because it's the holidays. But, bonus episode. And I want you to help me create those episodes. So your topics, your questions, I field those every week in the Patreon community. We're going to turn those into a a bonus episode just for Patreon members and anybody else who might be around while you're listening to that. But it's fine. If you have it, that's good. (laughs) Go check it out. Link is in the show notes. It's patreon.com slash Connor Wanders. I'd love to have you. And a great thing you can do to support this show is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you don't join the Patreon community, go to Apple Podcasts leave a review. And if you have left Apple podcasts and gone to Spotify where Joe Rogan is now living full time, then you can find me there too. That's fine. Don't review it. Don't have to. It's fine. But listen to it there because we do live on all podcast platforms that matter. All right. I think that's good. Feeling good. We feeling ready. Was that enough? Was that enough foreplay for you to get into this thing? Let's start off. Before we get into weed, and before we get into Alex Jones and Joe Rogan, of course we're going to talk about that, and before I give you something to think about, we're going to start the state of things off with a little bit from our boy, Matthew McConaughey. All right, Matthew McConaughey is in the news for um owning li- depending on which outlet you're lo- you're looking at here, but a lot of people are saying he's owning libs, he's shitting on liberals. That is by no means what happened here. But he was critical of both sides and in a very in a very pragmatic way. I I love McConaughey. I feel like McConaughey is like he speaks he's kind of like a Joe Rogan in a way that he like kind of speaks for every man even though he's incredibly famous. Um but I love the dude. You can't you can't not love the dude. He was on Russell Brand's podcast. And we're going to just dive into this clip here, because what he has to say, um, and they're kind of teeing this up, Russell asked him about what was going on with the like political tension and what he thought about it. And his response is pretty potent, pretty potent and pretty solid. So let's just get right into that.
1: Do you feel that there is a way of meshing together these apparently disparate groups now these liberal professional classes and these uh, what you might describe as working ordinary people of any color of
2: right that, that's 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 my hope i i, I do think so because what I, the work i've got to do is defining the science behind why they're valuable the science behind why they work the science behind why that doesn't mean you have to now come over and it doesn't mean that you're coming over to the proverbial other side I I I I say this, you know. I say, I'll meet you in the middle. I actually think that is more of a dare right now than it's ever been. Yeah. That spot again is not like, oh no, not going there. Somebody said to me that is, oh yeah, meet you in the middle. You know, you know, it's in the middle of the road, McConaughey, yellow lines and dead armadillos. (laughs) I said, let me tell you something, but I said, I'm I'm walking down the yellow line right now. And the armadillos are running free, having a great time. He said, you know why? I said, the other two sides, the two the two vehicles on either side of the political aisle are so far apart, their fucking tires aren't even on the pavement anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, That's
0: the most McConaughey analogy you're ever going to hear anywhere.
2: Trust me, it's, it's free over here. There's plenty of room, yeah. you know? And I almost feel like... Uh, it's a move to say no. Let's get aggressively centric. I, I, I dare you. Ooh. It's not a recession. It's an aggressive move. And if it's framed like that, one, I think that all that that can relate to a lot of people on the, on the right of mm. going, "Well, you you dare me?" Mm. You know, it's like this COVID thing. It's like, had to go, whoa, this, 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 this enemy doesn't want hand-to-hand combat. Don't run out, don't run out on your, don't run out on the street with your, with your gun and knives to try and fight this one. That's what he wants. You know what I mean? It's actually an aggressive move to actually stay home. You know what I mean? But it had to be reframed in mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, look, on the other side.
0: Before he gets into the left, I think that's huge. And you gotta, you gotta kind of play to the strengths and what the side responds to, right? So I think that the thing is, like you said, it's kind of like calling out the right, be like, meet us in the middle, motherfuckers. Let's do something here. Let's talk about this. Let's discuss this. Now, the left isn't going to respond to that because that will say that's toxic masculinity or racist or xenophobic or chauvinist or the patriarchy. But the right responds is that kind of thing. And that's the language I speak. So I love that. I think that's fantastic.
2: On the, on the, 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 the far left, that would go, well, who do? There is a lot on that illiberal left that absolutely condescend and are arrogant <laughs> towards that other fifty percent. Many people were in. You probably, I'm sure, you saw it in our industry when Trump was voted in four years ago. They were in denial that it was actually that it was real. This and some of them went, were in absolute denial. I and even even now, we're going to see how we if we can stabilize coming out of looks like Biden's our guy. Um, well now you got uh, now you've got the right that's in denial because
0: that's uh, it's fake news. And I understand they've been fed fake news. No one knows who the hell to believe, right? So, okay. I love the, and this is a very charismatic McConaughey thing. Let's just watch this. And I love breaking down the way people speak and why this can be received by everybody. And I'm sure there's critics out there, but whatever, but it can be received. Cause it's like, yeah, of course they think it's fake. Cause there's fake stuff all over the time. We've, we've been, we've been spoon fed bullshit for so long. It's like, what the hell are we going to do about it? You know what I mean, man? Uh, so that's a very McConaughey thing to do, but like, I just love people like this, people like this that can articulate themselves in this way where it's charismatic and fun and easy to listen to and also very poignant. And, and, and you do something that with that charisma that is moves the needle in the right direction. They're
2: putting down their last bastion of defense. Um, so, you know, that, that, that left has to see this is the, this is, this is I want to stay on topic but this is where I, the 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 left misses it for me just as far as being a marketeer of 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 a political side. You and you say, "Hey, we want to get out the vote. We want people to go be able to go vote. We're going Love to do a campaign day. to let people vote." I'm like 100%. Yes, everyone. Is there anyone who would say no to that? That's universal. You have 100% of the audience going, "I'm in." That's a constitutional right. As an American, I'm in. Yes. And then they can't out themselves. At the very end of it, they go. So we don't let those criminal bastards get back. And you're, going, Whoa. you're like, no, don't say the last part. You lost 50% of your audience.
0: There's so many times, so many times doing this, right, where you're having a discussion with somebody and they're on the right track. And you're like, yeah, like that, that appeals to a broad audience. And that last part, it's always that fucking last part. That last part is where everybody is, asserts their own like opinion. This happens within Christianity. I saw this with my mom. It's just a funny thing because this is not just a political thing. This is a beliefs thing. Um, I sat through a sermon with my mom. It's like the last time I went to church with her. And I heard this, I had been listening to a lot of Buddhism at the time. And that's kind of where I lean. Obviously I have the the Buddha behind me here in the studio, but I love that. And that, and and I listened to this sermon. I was like, man, this was actually really good. We're 40 minutes in, you know, it's getting to the end of this thing. And I was like, you know, this is, this really lines up. I can see, I can see how there's overlap with these things. I can see how people understand this. And then the last part comes. So he gives this whole thing about love and acceptance and whatever kind of bullshit. And then he was like, but if you don't believe that Jesus sacrificed himself for your sins, then you do not deserve this glory. And I was like, oh, you had me until the last part, man. And that happens whenever it's a belief-based system. That Always watch out for that last part. of it can be good, but you got to throw the baby out with the bathwater sometimes. That last part is so dogmatic that it isolates people. It's like, well, clearly you don't know how to have a conversation. You don't know how to connect with human beings. You're not empathetic, and you're incredibly dogmatic. Like That's where that stuff shows up. It doesn't show up in the first 90%. It shows up at the end. It's sneaky like that, and that's how people indoctrinate other people, and that's what's happening on the left and the right where we have a celebrity-driven politics as opposed to uh, people-driven politics.
2: And that's, uh, you know, part of why so much of the nation of that 50% looks at us in Hollywood as like going, oh, yeah, another celebrity over there on the, on the West Coasters and the elite in the Northeast. And that's what y'all say, because even from a, just a sales point of view, don't tab that <laughs> gotcha on the end. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, twice your audience is twice as big and you're getting what you want. Even you're getting t- twice as much as what you you're getting double two, two times as much. As you would, if you just dis- didn't tab on that little stick it to them at the end. Um, it's going to be have to the, si- the left is going to have to understand the science of the the, the values and the and the meat in the middle. The left will have to understand. Okay, I understand. I can add this up neurologically, scientifically. I see a uh, uh, you know I see the supply. I understand the demand. I see the credit sheet. Uh, I see the numbers. The numbers work out. It's scientific. Um, because it's got to be more than just feel good i believe there is science to it i need to still working on what is that measurement of those values is that measurement that say if i pilot city my first pilot city is austin texas is that measurement a friend of mine said this the other day is a possible measurement that 10 years down the road austin is the uh, b corp capital
0: headquarters of the world I can see that
2: happening. That's pretty, that would be a pretty cool measurement. What's the crime rate? Um, What's the divorce rate? What's the the rate of how happy our employers are? Can we have a place where businesses also have the same values that Austin, Texas has businesses that have the highest rate of happiness, percentage of happiness for employers that work for somebody? So I'm working out those measurements um, uh, with the value campaign.
0: Yeah, and I think there is there are there's data, there is science to this, and I didn't know that McConaughey was a big science guy, but I absolutely love what he has to say here, and there's something about that too. This whole like get out to vote thing, right? That's usually celebrities that are doing that, and it's it's always get out to vote, but with this little like elbow nudge of, yeah, but for this guys, so those motherfuckers don't get in power again, and I would love to see people out there being like, hey, you know what, my views are my views, but get out and vote because I would like the person that the majority of this country, right, well. <laughs> we know which way that's going to go over the past 40 years. But I would like the person that deserves it, that, that, that America thinks is the best choice to win. And that's going to require a lot of people being educated and voting, um, on their values and also understanding their values, which is a whole other conversation. But this is fantastic. I mean, I, I love this and people are going to cut this up into the kind of bits. That's why I don't like cutting into like small clips is because people are going to cut it up and it's going to, it's going to serve the purpose that they want, which is just perpetuating the problem that he's speaking against, which is kind of funny, but we have a good, we have an opportunity here. This is fantastic. And, and there's people like him all over the place. I feel like I say similar things, even though I'm not Matthew McConaughey, there's a lot of people out there speaking to this and and it's becoming more and more elevated and to me that gives me a lot of hope uh for the future and for where we go from here so we're seeing more and more of this kind of alt middle uh we want to hear all sides like let the best ideas win type of stuff and i think that is just absolutely beautiful so thank you so much matthew mcconaughey and with that let's move on to some drugs all right, the More Act, the More Act was uh, is is was passed through the House. So the More Act was passed through the House. So now we have an opportunity to see legalization of marijuana and a lot of other things voted on in the Senate if old Mitch McConnell will let it happen. Now the More Act, I wanted to get a little bit more information on the More Act. So what I did here was went and found the video that I felt like broke it down. Well, so this is from our boys over at uh, Barry Law Firm. They only have 327 subscribers on on YouTube, so make sure and go check them out. <laughs> um, but they break this down pretty well. and These are some fellows out of Nebraska that work on drug crime, so they're going to break down exactly what the Mor Act does, why it's called the Mor Act. Uh, it's not because of my last name, even though you might think that, because I am an advocate for marijuana. Hello, my name is Seth Morris, attorney at Barry Law Firm. For today. Also, that noise was in their video. I apologize for that. It's very aggressive.
1: Today's Timely Talk, we're going to be discussing the MORE Act. Uh, That is the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act.
0: Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act. The MORE Act.
1: Uh, This... Has been going through the House Judiciary Committee and was recently passed. Uh, so, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be discussing kind of what this actually means uh, and then finally, kind of what's the path uh, for this to get through and, and become law. So, uh, first, let's start with the first letter, M. So, M, marijuana. So, what this act is going to do is it's going to completely deschedulize marijuana. So, when deschedulizing, it removes it from uh, being an illegal substance. Uh, Note, that doesn't make it a legal substance. So basically, this treats it the same as alcohol, right? States can make their own decisions on how they want to treat this. Uh, Realistically, this is the best case scenario because we don't want to have to deal with federal regulations. Let's let the states decide on how they want to handle things.
0: How pragmatic is that? Now, it's not legal, but it's not illegal. So just like alcohol, states can figure out what they want to do and what's best for that state. (laughs) Simple. Brilliant. Brilliant. And from a Nebraska
1: perspective, it's great because a lot of what people who are opposing uh, legalizing marijuana will say, well, it's in violation of federal law. We can't do that. Basically, that knocks that argument down, and it provides a path uh, to get this uh, legal in our state. All right, so O is opportunity. So what opportunity means is basically the opportunity and reinvestment, they both stem from the same thing, and that's a 5% federal tax on all marijuana sold or all marijuana products sold. So with opportunity, uh, there are two big things that they're emphasizing in this legislative bill is so small business loans, and then also an equitable licensing practice. So with the small business loans, it's helping you know small businesses get off the ground. And the licensing and the fees on these things is depending on the state can be ridiculous. I mean, look at California; it's out of control. People can't afford to do it the legal way.
0: And so basically, uh, <laughs> trying to start a business in California is like the biggest pile of shit of all time. Like the, I, I heard about the regulations when I moved there, and I was like, wow, uh, I'm definitely not changing my residency. And I didn't. So. Come at me, I guess. But yeah, it's just a joke. They're going to use this tax and provide opportunities for people uh, of lower income
1: base to get started in the industry. R stands for reinvestment. Uh, So what this reinvestment is, they're taking part of that 5% uh, federal tax. And what they're doing is they're reinvesting that. And really, they're focusing on community-based programs and specifically communities that have been most impacted uh, by the war on drugs. And so
0: what they're doing is they're providing... Let's look at that. Communities that have been most impacted by the war on drugs. I'm not going to fill in the blank for you, but what communities do you think that is describing? And how big of a help do you think that would be? Really big, really big, really big
1: education, uh, health education, uh, literacy programs, and uh, they're trying to provide at the state level uh, legal aid for criminal cases involving marijuana and then also uh, for what we're going to get here, uh, and that's E, expungement. But on the R, so basically this is taking it at the uh, community level and trying to help these communities that have been most impacted uh, by the war on drugs. And so finally, E, expungement. So there's two really huge things here. Uh, So, basically, what they're doing is any uh, qualifying federal cannabis offense uh, can be automatically expunged. Um, Exactly what that process looks, well, I mean, that's going to to vary and it hasn't been exactly ironed out from what I was able to read, but there is a path to get uh, a criminal conviction for marijuana expunged. Expunged is the gold standard because it seals it and it's like it's not even there. Uh, In Nebraska, you can receive a pardon. But if someone runs a background check, they're still going to see that you were uh, arrested and
0: convicted of a felony marijuana offense. But- Which makes it incredibly, incredibly hard to get a job. That's one of the biggest things about this. Like, it makes it so hard. If, if you got caught with possession a handful of times, you got a, you got a felony and it's all weed related. Like, people do not like to hire convicted felons. It's just not, how it, not, not an easy way to get a job. And that impacts people disproportionately. So getting those expunged would change so many people's lives for the better with an expungement, that's not even going to show up. The second is from an immigration
1: standpoint, it's not going to be some, uh, I guess, a marijuana offense uh, conviction is not something that can be used against you for the purposes of deportation. That's so cool. uh, it helps people, um, you know, get their kind of lives back on track from the expungement standpoint. And then it helps people that, that are immigrants here and have done uh, nothing that's no longer a crime and they can't be deported for that. Um, so. The, the question people have is, okay, so this passed the House Judiciary Committee. What's the next step? Well, this has to be voted on by seven other committees um, in the House. And so whether or not these seven committees are going to take that up, I have no idea. Right? And so we'll say it does uh, get passed or get, wa- get voted on and passed or gets waived through those other committees. Uh, then it gets voted on by the full House. Right?
0: Which all that stuff has happened. So that has that has happened. So we've got it's through the House at this point. We're waiting on the Senate.
1: And then if it goes through that, then it goes to the Senate. Uh, my name Seth Morris. I want to thank you for, for taking the time to tune in. And uh, if you or a loved one uh, has been affected by marijuana or arrested for that, give me a call or any one of the fine attorneys here. 402-466-8444. Thank you.
0: All right, Seth. Thank you so much, dude. Uh, appreciate you having on the, having you on the show and, uh, we'll see you soon. So that was, <laughs> that was the guys from Barry law firm, breaking it down for you better than I could. And now I want to look at like, we have two opposing narratives when it comes to marijuana, right? We have this like gateway drug narrative and we have this, this is a fucking ridiculous law. We've got to do something about this. It's dated. It's harmful. It's, it's damaged so many people, so many families, it's a problem, right? So we've got Matt Gates from Florida, and he's gonna go the fuck off on these ridiculous, ridiculous um, policies. And it's clear where I stand on this, right? Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm a very pro marijuana dude. So Matt Gates, and this is a Republican from Florida, okay? Keep that in mind. We're gonna bring up two Republicans here. Matt Gates is one, and Dan Crenshaw is another. We're gonna see two opposing views on this, and they're very, very telling, but it really sums up kind of the divide on marijuana within our, our, our country, within many, many cities, states, even families. This is, this, this is the fundamental divide at this point. It's recognized.
3: Speaker, I would yield three minutes to the gentleman from Florida. Jeez. Mr. Gates.
0: That was intense. The gentleman
3: from Florida is recognized. I thank the gentleman for yielding. The, the more Act is flawed. It uses cannabis policy to do a great deal of social engineering, to create new taxes and new programs and redistribution of assets. But I am here as the only Republican co-sponsor of the Moore Act, and I'm voting for it. Because the federal government has lied to the people of this country about marijuana for a generation. Breach. We have seen a generation, particularly of black and brown youth, locked up for right. offenses that, that should have not resulted in any incarceration whatsoever. I'm also deeply troubled that the current policy of the federal government inhibits research into cannabis, research that could unlock cures and help people live better lives. Don't worry, Matt. I'm researching it right now. My Republican colleagues today will make a number of arguments against this bill, but those arguments are overwhelmingly losing with the American people. Goddamn right. every state where cannabis reform was on the ballot in this country, it passed. It passed with overwhelming support. Matter of fact, the only thing that I know that's more popular than getting out of the war on drugs is getting out of the war in Afghanistan. But if we were measuring the success in the war on drugs, (laughs) it would be hard to conclude anything other than the fact that drugs have won (laughs) because the American people do not support the policies of incarceration, limited research, limited choice, and particularly constraining medical application. We are here in a time where many people in our country are suffering. They are in pain, and it is documented that cannabis that states with medical cannabis programs see a reduction in the prescribing of opioids and the number of opioid abuses and deaths we've held hearings in the House Judiciary Committee where people in our government must confess that this is in fact true, that the more we give people access to medical cannabis programs, the more we see a, a blunting of this horrible scourge of opioid addiction and opioid abuse. We talk all the time on the also
0: matt gates has a history of addiction issues so this is coming from somebody who's not just talking about addiction that has actually experienced it and that might be what drives a lot of his passion behind this as well let's keep that in mind
3: right about the need to empower people and empower states right now the federal policy on cannabis constrains our people it limits our states and i would only hope that in the 117th Congress, after this bill invariably dies in the Senate, that will actually come back and pass the States Act, because the States Act acknowledges that we have screwed this up in the federal government. And while we've screwed it up, states have taken action, they've designed programs in the way that our great federal system promises. And if we were to pass the States Act, then best practices would emerge. States that developed uh, applicable programs for their people would be replicable and we would see better policies. I'm gonna vote for the More Act, it won't pass the Senate, it won't become law, but then we should come back in the 117th Congress and we should truly do more for our people. I thank the gentleman I yield back.
0: Boom, Matt Gates, what is up, dude? Thank you so much for that speech. That is incredible. That was good and that's that's a republican speaking right so there's you can see the tides are turning and i think there's a huge opportunity for republicans to gain a lot of ground with this morack if they can do this if they can do this while they have the senate and take responsibility for this and take the they would put it on biden right so they would put it on biden for a veto if they pass this thing that does a lot that puts biden in a bind he has to pass it he can't with such a popular uh, with such a popular piece of legislation you can, he can't veto that right so if they were to pass this and take credit for it and like market this well, it could be huge. But let's hear what our boy Dan Crenshaw has to say. Let's talk about pot. Throwing that hip music because he's so hip and young.
4: We should be voting on COVID relief bills, but we're not. We're voting on weed and some other legislation that basically Carol Baskin from Tiger King advocated for in Congress. And uh, now it's on the floor. But today I want to talk to you about marijuana. It's an important issue. It's an issue that a lot of people care about. So, what is the legislation? Well, it basically legalizes it in every single way. Distribution, production, uh, even...
0: As we heard earlier, it does not legalize it. He said it basically legalizes it. That's tricky speech there, Dan Crenshaw. Tricky speech. I see what you're doing. That's a little little manipulative. I'm just saying.
4: Retroactively forgives uh, drug dealers. If we were talking...
0: And also he says drug dealers. Like it retroactively forgives drug dealers, not possession, not everything else that it would, that it would do. He stops at drug dealers. This is like, this is, I, I like Dan, but he's getting in that point where it's like, he's right wing talking points, Dan. Like this is, you're talking about, yeah, that was so misleading, so misleading. And I'm a little high now, but I'm, that that hurts me.
4: About say making it descheduled, all right. Allowing people to access it for medical purposes. If we were saying, Hey, you shouldn't be in jail just because you had some weed in your pocket i think we would all be fully on board i think america is ready for that kind of kind of conversation it's incremental uh should respect states rights and um makes sense okay but that's not what this legislation's about it's extreme and there's a few things that we've got to consider one is our children i think of it this way how is a parent supposed to have a conversation with their kids about marijuana we we all should know the studies if you consume a lot of marijuana before the age of 26 it is shown uh to have dramatic decline in cognitive ability
0: <sighs> okay there is some truth to this and having having uh started smoking weed at a young age right i didn't do that i didn't start smoking weed till i was 20 but having if you smoke weed at a young age a lot if you're a wake and baker from like 14 on you're debt that's not that's not a good move your cognitive health will suffer from that when you're in your 20s, I think you can get away with it, but it's one of those things. He's bringing up about your children. Like how are you supposed to have a conversation with your children about this when um, you know, it has the ability to create some cognitive cognitive issues? Well, same way you do about every other dangerous activity you talk to kids about, right? Alcohol, sex, driving fast, being in, just to generally not being a dickhead. Like just normal conversations you have with your kids. It's not going to be any more normalized than alcohol is. And I would say if I, if I had to choose from a kid smoking too much weed as a kid or drinking too much as a kid, I would choose smoking weed if I had to pick one.
4: This is a real problem for parents and our society. It's hard for a mom to tell their kids that they shouldn't be smoking marijuana or eating edibles At a young age when it's been normalized by society when it's been legalized to such an extreme extent this isn't a party this this is something to be taken seriously we should also take note that it's not the same marijuana from the 1970s thc levels in modern day marijuana have increased dramatically and it's unregulated and this bill does nothing to regulate the content of i don't
0: think they should regulate the content of weed because the effects are so variable as far as like i'm kind of a lightweight but a lot of people have of don't have as many cannabinoid receptors, right? So you're not absorbing as much THC. These don't get as high or they can handle it. They can function well on higher higher uh, potency, of high, higher THC within your weed. Yeah, like, but, you know, you have the option to get 8% or 22%. Like, that's kind of up to you. So that there is already a wide variety accessible.
4: What's in it. When you have an edible these days, you don't really know what's in it. And if you're not used to it, if you don't understand it, it could hit you like a ton of bricks an hour later. You might be driving an hour later after you think it didn't affect you. So to say that You're it's really the arguing. same as alcohol and it's no different, that's nonsense. We all know that. It doesn't affect you the same. You don't consume it the same at all. Also alcohol is deeply regulated and it's we're used to it as a society. It's a very, not... very different thing. So we've got to take it seriously. It, it can't be haphazard about this. It's not just blanket, make it all legal, have a big party. We've got to take it seriously. We've got to think of the ramifications and the unintended consequences. This bill doesn't. Let's talk.
0: All right, that's Dan Crenshaw. So, interesting stuff there. I think we get the full kind of array of, of ideas as far as this goes. What the Moore Act is, um, how we're hearing about it in, from some conservatives and how we're hearing about it from others. This is going to be the debate, and we'll see what happens. I'm really curious to see what the Senate does, but we just don't know until we know. And I think uh, there's a good chance it could pass, but I would say uh, 60-40 it doesn't. If I had to make a prediction, it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. But I would sure love it if it did. Moving on. All right, so (laughs) Joe Rogan was on Alex Jones. The Alex Jones Show at InfoWars and Band.Video. And I'm not all the way through it yet, but this was such a fun conversation. I love listening to these two guys talk. It's just, we don't get stuff like this these days. We just don't get the same, like, ridiculous content like this. It's so, everybody, people, people are scared to put out controversial shit, but Rogan has an audience that he can just do whatever he wants, and Alex Jones has his own platform. So it's like, well, um, this is awesome. So we get to hear this, and they, they talk about where people stand and why people do what they do. Uh, politically and how things have gotten, you know how things have kind of gone to shit. So let's see. I'm God. I'm a little bit high. Let's see what's going on with these guys. This is a fun part of the conversation. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and here's
5: the difference: the corporate media would never have me on. They would never fact check it and find out it's true. They would say I was a liar, just like Snopes does. So what's weird is the media reports what's going on here and then later says, oh, they'll like use me. I don't know how to explain it to say Jones claims it instead of AP claims it. And then it's like, oh, it's discredited. People get trapped into the messenger. They get trapped into the messenger instead of listening to the information. A fucking moron might have something important to say. You never know. When someone is an an idiot, not you, but if someone's an idiot at most things and they come to you with one fact, someone could be a fucking liar all the time, but then they come to you with one fact that they saw on TV and you're like, get the fuck out of here. That's where crying wolf comes from, right? Absolutely. Everybody knows that. But the reality is that if you look at every single thing you talked about on the podcast, whether it's, I got one of these right here. This is a different one. That's a different, that's scary. That's, that's bad for you. Everything that I looked at, everything that I looked at while we were doing that podcast, turned out to be accurate, including the vaccine thing, including all the different things you talked about. We showed the Bohemian Grove footage. Anybody that thinks it's bullshit, it's right there. You can see it all. So the people that are mad at you for whatever you've said in the past, it's a bare, it's a very dangerous thing for all of us, and for the person who thinks this way, it's more dangerous for them. Because they're denying reality to fit a narrative that they've created in their own head. The narrative they've created in their own head is you're never right. You're always wrong. And if you've been wrong once about something, they find heinous. And most of the time it's some media distortion, I don't even say, but well, even enough if it's about not, me. But even if it's not, if it's, if it's something accurate, if it's some, some shit that you said that you wish you didn't, they can look at everything else you said that's accurate and discount it because of one thing that's bad for them because it gives them a distorted perception of They reality. start labeling reality. They won't look at, they also have to it's enforce like being blind. They have to enforce it in their own head. Explain that. They have to pretend that they're right. So they can't see the good in people they disagree with. They can't see the good in any, like Like a, a, there's classic examples, but like if Trump does something good and it turns out to be good for the economy, People find a reason why he doesn't get the credit for it. Or Trump pulling troops out of countries. Yes, yes, yes. Or uh, whatever peace treaties that were achieved. When, whenever there's a person that never wants to see the good and only wants to see the bad, you're ideologically driven. And you might think it's because your ideology is accurate. And it might be accurate. But the problem is you're married to it. You have a set of beliefs that you got to stick to. That you then distort reality. You can't reconsider Mm -hmm. because you're married to those ideas. So if those ideas fail, you fail.
0: I love that. Okay. I talk about this all the time. I know it's a bit of a longer clip here, but I thought that was really important because we have to acknowledge in ourselves, as human beings, we have innate confirmation bias. It's an important part of human nature. It's an important part of everybody that exists and what we do, right? Like it, it it, helps us survive our lives. We possess a deep sense of confirmation bias, and we need to. And also, there's a shadow side to that, which, which is that you'll believe a lot of bullshit if it aligns with your own narratives. It's just the way it goes. It's not that you're a problem, or that you're a bad person, or that you're stupid. It's just the way that we function as human beings. And if you're not keen to that within yourself, you're gonna be open to so much fuckery that it's gonna be really challenging for you to ever live a life where your ideas are challenged in a way that is beneficial to you. If you don't have people around you that can challenge your ideas or maybe call you an asshole, yeah, that's a problem, and if you operate with such a high level of confirmation bias that you don't let even ideas that seem silly permeate this kind of layer of of defensiveness around you, well, then you're just kind of fucking yourself and everybody that you spend time with, and that's an important thing to understand. Like when we talk about these wars on ideas, it's not necessarily about like ah free speech and 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 <laughs> saying what we want to be able to say and freedom and all that. It's about that's just a, a less beneficial, objectively less um, less robust, less fun way, less enjoyable, what less fulfilling way to live your life. right? So when when people like me take these free speech and kind of, you know, marketplace of ideas seriously, it's because there's an understanding there that that recognizes how important certain freedoms are. And if you if you're able to really understand that and discern that within your own mind, within your own reality, that's a beautiful thing, and then you develop more confidence within your beliefs and your ideas that that hold up to scrutiny, and that's fucking beautiful. That's a beautiful part of life. But if you can't do, if you can't allow that to happen, even though it does have risk and it does have downsides within itself, it just nerfs you up so much that you're not able to really, I feel, live a fulfilling life. It's it makes it much more challenging. But regardless of that, that's a that's an idea. Uh, from me being high watching Joe Rogan high with Alex Jones getting high so take it with a grain of salt but with all of that you know my favorite part of the show now I'm a little baked this is fun I haven't done this on the uh on the open feed yet this is usually a premium uh premium wanderers edition <laughs> all right I'm gonna give you something to think about I just realized I played the wrong music, but we're just going to roll with it. Hit the wrong button, guys. I'm sorry. All right. Let's talk about hypocrisy for just a hot minute. It's clear that certain leaders within our communities um, are being hypocritical with the way that they're presenting themselves um, to their constituents and to the rest of the world in general. So... I think that there's either, there's really two options as to how, how this makes sense, right? Either they don't believe their own restrictions are effective, or they just don't give a fuck. That's really the only two ways that explain what happened with uh, Newsom, what's happened with, the, with Adler from Austin. Like, these politicians bouncing out and, like, going on these, you know, dri- flying on a private jet to Cabo with their family while telling people to stay home. Like, that's pretty egregious. And that's just a thing you don't need to do (laughs) like it's just not a necessary part of your life you know it's like you have you're a leader you're in a leadership position this is important you're full of shit everybody knows you're full of shit now and this is a problem and then we have you know everybody knows about newsome with his french laundry whole dinner thing with all that being said and the way this this hypocrisy has shown up in our day-to-day lives i feel like the only option we're going to end up having in the end of this and i'm really starting to feel this way and it's really frustrating The only option I feel we're gonna have to to remedy the situation at a certain point is going to be mass noncompliance. Like I just feel like that's where this ends. I feel like it ends at the point the government loves, and this isn't a knock necessarily, but it's just a fact. When they when they take power and they take the ability to do something, they rarely give it back. It's it's just how the game is played, and I think there's a certain point where we got to go like, listen, you guys gotta chill the fuck out with this. Like this is obnoxious. This is stupid. Y'all are a joke. We're fucking tired of it. We're just going to do what we want, and you can't fucking arrest us all. Like, this is just what we're going to do. And it's, I know that's kind of a fairy tale situation, but it seems like where we're headed. Like, that's going to be, be a valid option in the future. So when we go to think about this, and I really want you guys to dig into this, what do you think that would look like? Really, what do you think it would look like for enough people to get fed up to just go, no, we're going to open our business and the mask thing outside is like silly and we're going to have concerts and we're just going to do our thing and like, I guess you guys can try to stop us. I don't know. Like, is, is it, are we going to get there? Are we going to get there? I'm going to end this show with a question. Are we going to fucking get there? Is that, is that an appropriate line of thinking that would think that we were going to end up in that kind of situation? It seems pretty realistic to me. But I don't know. You be the judge because I'm a little high. (laughs) All right. I love you guys. Remember to uh, leave a review on the show on Apple Podcasts and keep your head on straight. See y'all later.